Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. We're so excited you're tuning into one of our amazing messages. What you're about to hear is going to be fresh, it's going to be real, and it's going to be powerful. It's going to help you to grow stronger in your walk with God. It's going to put faith on the inside of you. It's going to cause you to be able to walk in greater dimensions of blessing and enlargement so that you can be a blessing to other people. Well, lean in, enjoy the word. God bless you. This is such an honor and a privilege, and I'm already 15 seconds out. Um, <laughs> we're going to come straight to, we're going straight to the word. 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter and the 18th verse. I'm going to be talking about vision. And it says, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. If I were to hang a subject on this, it would be to see or not to see. In John the sixth chapter, in the 63rd verse, Jesus said, the words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. So how do we see the unseen? How do we see the spiritual? How do we see the eternal? How we see that is through vision. Vision enables us to see the invisible. We don't have 16 campuses yet, but we see it because we have vision. Vision allows us to see who we are in Christ Jesus. We are sons and daughters and, and we are market changers and we are wealth creators. We're kingdom builders. We have vision. Vision allows us to see what we have in Christ. We have his power. We have his authority. We have his promises and they are yes and amen. Vision allows us to see what God desires for us. And yes, God desires to give us the desires of our hearts when his desire for our hearts is our heart's desire. If you look at Proverbs, the 29th chapter, I'm going to read that from the Message Bible. I love this. I'm going to get through this. It says, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what God reveals, reveals implies see what God is doing, it says they are blessed. So when you have vision and you can see what God is doing, what does it say? We are blessed. Now, vision is important. Vision is awesome. But vision by itself is not self-sustainable. Vision can't be alone. There has to be something that empowers vision. And that's my first point. Faith sustains vision. Vision must be supported by faith. Vision inspires faith. Vision empowers faith. It makes vision possible, faith does. Faith backs vision up with a specific word from God. Without faith, vision would be compromised. Vision imagines things that are not seen. Faith is the evidence of things that are not seen. Vision is based on the imagination of the mind. Faith is based on the hearing of God's word. Vision taps into what the godly mind imagines. Faith taps into what God can do with what the godly mind is imagining. 
That's why people who have big vision and little faith burn out. Without faith, life will rob you of your vision. Without faith, your bank account will talk you out of your vision. Without, without faith, people would convince you to walk away from your vision. That's why it's so important to not share vision with everybody. Oh, you can't share a vision with not everybody. See, not everybody can handle your vision because they don't have the faith that you have. So you can't share your vision with everybody. See, see when I, sh because the, the most craziest, most non-productive argument I've ever had is trying to share a vision with someone who can't see. <laughs> trying to share a vision with someone who doesn't have the faith to see it. And I would get so frustrated because, because I would share it with people and, 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 and they would say things like, that's not logical. But faith and logic have never shared a room together. <laughs> and they would say, that's not logical. And I would try to, so I'd walk away mad and I was calling them names in my mind. They were dream poopers and vision destroyers and, and they were jealous of me and they hated on me. And God showed me they're not hating on you. They're not jealous of you. They're not vision poopers. They're not dream destroyers. They just can't see. They don't see it. It would be like me standing here on stage with Stevie Wonder trying to, you know, arguing with him over the color of my shirt. I'm not picking on Stevie, but he can't see. And trying to explain to him, and he's telling me my shirt, yeah, Brother Jay, in that shirt, I love that yellow shirt. And I'm like, Stevie, my shirt is, actually, I don't even know what color this shirt is. But uh, I shouldn't have wore this shirt. Bad illustration. This shirt doesn't work with this illustration. But you would think I was a fool arguing with the blind man. As a matter of fact, you would excuse Stevie and you would have me committed because I'm arguing with someone who can't see. Faith sustains vision. Last point. Honor reveals vision. Your honor for God and your honor for leadership should come from the same posture. How does honor reveal vision? In 2 Kings, the sixth chapter, we see an example of that, and we're going to rush through this. There are two kings, the king of Israel and the king of Aram, and they're both at war. And the king of Aram is meeting with his high-ranking officers, and he's planning strategic locations in which to uh, overtake Israel. And every time he has a secret meeting, God would go tell Elijah what the meeting was about, and then Elijah would tell the king of Israel. And so the king of Aram obviously became frustrated, and he wanted to know, hey, who in, who in my circle is betraying me? Who's a traitor here? And somebody said, no, king. There's one, a prophet named Elijah, that he knows the very secret words you speak in your bedroom. 
And so the king said, go find him. They said, he lives in Dothan. So that night, the king and his army surrounded the city of Dothan. And that morning, Elijah's servant gets up. He looks out the windows to get that fresh Israeli air. And he looks out and he sees that the city is completely surrounded with the enemy and he knows they're coming to, for him and, and his leader. He goes back and he says, Elijah, we got a problem. He looks out the window and Elijah says, huh. Elijah comes back and looks at the servant and he says, look, don't be afraid. There are more for us than there are against us. And then he says this prayer, he says, Lord, open his eyes so he can see. And the servant goes back and looks out the window and sees horses with chariots of fire surrounding him and Elijah. Many times we applaud Elijah, but we throw shade on the servant. I like the servant, I can relate to the servant. See the servant, this story, this story could have ended differently. The servant could have said, looked out the window and said, yo, looked at Elijah and said, yo, E, this ain't working, dude, I'm bouncing, I'm out of here. Peace in the Middle East, <laughs> literally. But he didn't. Even when he didn't see anything the first time, he stayed because of what his leader saw. He didn't have to see it, his leader saw it. See, he didn't have to see the vision of Elijah because he had already witnessed the fruit of Elijah. The fruit speaks louder than the vision. I am back here, my family and, 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 and we are back at the church. We're here not because of the vision. The vision's great, but the vision didn't win us back. It was the fruit. It was your fruit. Pastor Mike's fruit. The fruit speaks louder than the vision. And, and, so, and so I came back and I didn't really, the whole time, the 16 churches, I'm like, why do we need 16 churches? It's a lot of churches. But I kept coming and I kept giving because of the fruit of Pastor Jurgen and Pastor Mike. I didn't get the vision, but I kept giving to something that I didn't get because I saw the fruit. Men, let me say something in your home. You can preach vision all day long, but you got to live the fruit of it. And so, and so I kept coming and I kept, I kept giving, we kept giving. And then one day I looked out the window and I saw that every church we built was filling up. I saw marriages changing, people healed from drug addiction, from alcohol abuse, mental health, people being restored in their minds. Why? Because of the vision and the faith and the power of God operating on the faith. Listen, listen, faith without works, without fruit is dead. So we need to have fruit to support our faith. But vision without faith is dead. And, and so it is important then as, as leaders, as people, that if you want your home blessed, give to the house of God. I believe in the, in the Solomon philosophy. See, Solomon understood that the vision that his father David gave him <laughs> to build the temple first, and God would then bless him to build his palace. And we have watched that example all in our congregation.
trust God. Believe. Have vision. And even when you don't get it, just check out the fruit. Amen. Give it up for Jay Warren. What a word. Oh, my gosh. Incredible. Hey, we're, uh, I'm really excited about our next speaker. You can stay standing for a second. Uh, our next uh, um, uh, former uh, apprentice graduate, uh, it's Matty Lee. And uh, his family, the Lee family, has carried our church on their shoulders ever since Eastlake started. In fact, it was South Campus before, and Eastlake started in their living room. Maddie Lee is a man of vision, of courage, and of honor. Please help me welcome Matt Lee. I always like, I like to run to the stage because my heart's not beating enough. I like to get my heart rate up. Guys, I want to honor our pastors and everybody that serves at this campus. There's a lot of people that aren't seen. They need to be honored. They work hard to move the chairs, serve our babies, and just want to say thank you guys. Thank you guys for that. So have a seat, please. In preparing this message, I learned that in the scripture it says, young men have vision, visions, old men dream dreams, and I want to add that middle-aged men take power naps because it took a bunch of power naps studying. So the title of my message, I don't know if it's coming up or not, but is, if you only told me sooner, I would have lived fearlessly. For the last 30 years, I would have chose a path of uncompromised faith. I would have been fearless in the face of man, knowing that my mission is for your glory. But lots of times I shrank back. I felt intimidated. I let fear get the best of me. I would remember sweating profusely in intimidation. Now I just sweat because I don't care anymore. <laughs> but I would, I would mask my fear with the word consistency. In Galatians 6, 9, it says, let us not grow weary in doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. Consistency is good. There's actually a lot of great things about consistency. It's actually a great place to start if you're not doing things that are consistent. For number one, I'm gonna name one thing, a paycheck. A paycheck is great to be consistent, right? Streams of income. Yeah, Chris Brown, we know, huh? Streams of income coming into our pockets. Um, they're, uh, yeah, so we want flows of consistency of money coming in our pocket. Number two, showing up to church, right? Can't build a church if you're not consistent. Um, serving in the house, we want people that are serving consistently. We want to have your whole family, like consistently having all of your, your family come into the house of God. Morning prayer, right? Being consistent to morning prayer. Hearing the word of God consistently, right? This, is, this helps us. Also, worshiping God, right? We want to worship God consistently. Another thing is loving people. Consistently celebrating others. Consistently amening other people's God stories. Number four, forgiving. Consistently forgiving others keeps us light and free to run our race fast. 
Another thing that I've really worked on is consistently forgiving myself. When I blow it, and I've blown it, I've blown it. Consistently forgiving myself of guilt for my past, of shame. We have to do that consistently. Um, another thing, I threw this in there for the wife, date nights. We have to have consistent date nights to talk about vision. <laughs> um, talk about the future and consistently being in each other's company. So for your spouse, let's be consistent in that. And I know a lot of you are. This is good. Awesome. Number five, consistently giving. But God showed me that in regards to giving for me, that he was calling me to step out in faith and obedience and to do something that required him to show up. So remember, I masked my fear in consistency. I'm the consistent guy. But God was, kept saying to me for years, Matt, okay, you're consistent. But let's, let me stretch you. Let me have you step out. And I ran, and I hid in my intimidation and my fear. Um, so I have to confess that the last year, there's been so many tithe messages about houses, right? And I... I'm not mad at it. I am not cynical. I'm happy. They're all my friends. I love everybody. But it's like, oh my God, another tithe message about it. I got the keys. So guess what? If I could take it off, I would. And I'd put it in, right in my mouth. Because I have to tell you about my house story. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> hey. Hey. I got to finish, though. I got to finish. It's, it gets deep. There's highlight reels, which come in the tithe messages. But there's also the pain reels that no one sees. No one knows the weight that you felt, the opposition that you had to come up against in receiving God's blessing when you step out. But your community does, right? A lot of my good friends know. So I got to be transparent about a vision builders that my wife put in the offering or put in the about, what was it, five, six years ago, babe? About six years ago, she went all Michael Jordan from the top of the key with a number into the bucket. And I'm like, I couldn't even, I didn't have, I couldn't even play defense. My little white body couldn't even get over to, and so I was like, what number did you put in there? She's like, I doubled it from last year. And I'm like, I just was not in unity for years, guys. For years, we went back and forth and back and forth. And she swears that it blocked a lot of things in our lives. And I, I'm Mr. Consistent. I swear that being consistent is how you build the church and how you build the house of God. And so, yeah. So I've been challenged here at this church, guys. Been here a long time, but I've been challenged. So Pastor Natalie gets up and she's talking about when she got her house, and she's like, if the, there's a thing that's said around church is if God did it for me, he'll do it for you. And she challenged that thought. And I think Natalie and I kind of think alike. And I'm like, yeah, challenge that thought. And I saw people, Christians, with their seed. And I saw some Christians were like, oh God, I have faith, I have faith. And just stood there with their seed. And then I saw other Christians were like, God, here's everything I have. Here's me, I'll serve you. I'll give, you all, every, I'll give it all to you, God, for your glory. And I saw that God would use that person instead of the people that are just standing there. And I'm like, it really challenged me to want that kind of faith. And so I began to ask God. And then 
Um, and then we gave us, we, brought, we prepared a seed. We came into agreement, finally came into agreement. We prepared a seed and she wasn't emotional, but I'm like, I'm a crier, dude. I don't know why, but I'm a crier. I was like, and I saw, and we argued about this the other day. I'm going to argue, we were discussing it because what I saw was I'm bringing this seed and I'm just scattering it and I'm scattering inside the walls of the kingdom. And I looked in the Bible, I'm like, where's the walls of the kingdom? Where's, I couldn't find a lot of stuff about the, but I just, the vision I had was just scattering. And I saw that the nutrients, they looked like that soil at Lowe's with all the little white things in there. And I was like, oh yeah. But outside the walls was like just regular dirt. And I'm like, okay, God, that's what we're doing. But no one knew that that night when we went forward for prayer, we got a prophecy. And the prophecy said, that it had been raining, there's been clouds over our head, rain clouds overhead, but it just never started raining. And I didn't even put it together until I was doing this message, but we got a prophecy. We went the following week, we got a quick phone call from our friend Ivan, come look at this house. All right, we were getting ready for church. I was heading over to hear Marco preach. So we see the house and I'm like, it's, yeah, it's our layout, it's everything, but yeah, cool, praise God. And I go to church, and Marco's preaching miracle God. Three, way, three ways God will do miracles in your life. And I'm like, I just rose up in this crazy faith. I wrote stuff I don't even write, and I told her, I want the house. I don't know how, I don't know how we're going to afford it. I don't care. If God wants to show up in our lives, let him find the money. Let him make the house payment. And then even to just like bus drive myself for a second, She's two days later, she's like, where's that faith at? I'm like, I still have it, but I'm just, I'm, I'm giving it to God. Like, God's in charge. Like, let him roll with this thing. And we hear that. So we actually, um, I saw God put me on a ride. And the ride that God put me on was this, that little log ride. And I was just cruising, going through the water. And every time something would happen, because it, like, it was like glory to glory to glory to glory. Everything was happening. We found the money, guys. We found the money. It was there, hidden. And I'll tell you that story later because I'm running out of time. Um, we closed on our, our house that we sold to the youth pastors, Ito and Lori. And there's a deep story there, but we didn't want to sell that house. I was like, I built that house for Airbnb. We had people coming out, like, you're going to make this much. And we had another stream of income at the bottom of the yard to build, you know. And I'm like, we're keeping that bad boy. And then, coincidentally, he wanted to buy it. And he'd been fasting for it and praying about it. I didn't know this. I just knew I didn't want to get rid of it. But God, why does he do this? He put it on my heart to sow the, you know, he paid for it, guys. He paid. But no, I'm not, I didn't rip him off, but I mean, he gave, he gave money for it. Like I didn't give it to him for free. But my God, why do you, why does it hurt? Why does it? He goes, get used to it. I'm gonna be doing, he goes, give it. Turn around and look. And I turned around, it's just like, I'm talking to God, you know, I'm, I'm wiry. And he's like, I got more for you. Your whole life, I am going to be doing this to you, so get used to it. Get ready, get used to giving stuff away that matters. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, okay, let me, I gotta roll, I gotta finish this thing, guys. I got one more minute. So 
Thank you, for, thank you very much, too, for that. Give glory to God. So we close on that house. I have an account that gets liquidated because I close on Friday, and we're going to close on, our, on that new house on, like, next Wednesday. I get an account that gets liquidated. I have just, like, just the weight of the world. And, man, I am so thankful for community. I ran to community. My community embraced me. They spoke life over me, my pastors. And they showed me the demonic forces that were oppressing us, and we broke them off, and then God lied again. So I want to—there was warfare. There was warfare because we didn't have a home to go to. I didn't have a place to go back to. We're like, that's theirs. Where do we go? I almost hit the eject button, but I have friends that would not let me. We had, we had your faith in, your, in what you're going through. You're going to get confirmations in this house. People were telling us, like, Sherry, she's like, Vanessa, Jay and I are going to have dinner with you and Matt in that, in that uh, kitchen, in that living room. I'm like, all right, thank you. Thank you, Sherry. We're, I'll receive that. I'll receive that. So the last thing I want to end off, end up with is Galatians 6, 7 says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. You will always harvest what you plant. I'm not done. Wait, I'm not done. I'm not done. Last thing. The thing about my message and my title is that if you had only told me sooner, I would have lived fearlessly. But the thing is, the reality is, is I was told sooner. If, you're, if, you're any, if you come to this house, the messages teach this. Like it's full of faith and full of challenging your faith. So I just want to encourage you tonight to live fearlessly, to level up and trust God. He has so much in store for you. Thank you. my gosh, give it up for Maddie Lee. I am so inspired. Wow. What courage. That's amazing. Hey, well, stay standing. Uh, we're about to hear from Chris Aguilar, but I just want to honor Chris because he, uh, his company operates in such excellence as they've built El Cajon campus. They're helping build Eastlake campus. They helped with San Marcos campus. He's literally a builder. But this is what's crazy. Um, I really want to honor this about Chris. Uh, you know, we have the apprenticeship. We're growing. We have two classes this, this next semester. And uh, I called Chris, and I said, hey, um, we need a leader. And I thought about you uh, to lead a class. And he said, okay, let me pray about it. But then he said, you know what, Marco? I'm a soldier. If you need me, I'm there. And just want to honor the level of revelation for the love for the house of God and the honor for the house of God. Well, please help me welcome the champion, the legend, Chris Aguilar. Let's go. Love you guys. Love you guys. Why don't we all raise our hands to heaven and let's, let's say a declaration alongside with me. God... I was predestined to be rich. God, I am a bountiful sower. I'm a generous giver. Therefore, I will receive bountifully, and I will receive generously. Pressed down, shaken together, running over in Jesus' name. Please have a seat. Let's go. It is truly an honor to be a part of this church and their the leadership. 
everybody here sitting in front, and the family of mine sitting behind, all you guys, thank you. It is an honor. There's so much fruit that comes out of this church in our families, our businesses, our marriages, everything. So I'm so grateful. And I don't take this lightly. Denise and I don't take this lightly. Thank you for the opportunity. Um, I want to start with 2 Corinthians 9.6. And it says this. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And we can stop there. Now, I, I want to talk to you guys a little bit about where was Chris and Denise before Awaken, before meeting God. And I'm going to take you back to my San Diego State University years when literally I remember having trouble buying myself three meals a day, where um, I remember being on a diet, a forced diet of being able to eat only a teriyaki chicken bowl. It was the healthiest and most cost-effective thing I could buy for $3.50. And I had a budget to finish my, my last year of school. Um, and I remember going to church, and I remember there was a tithe message at church, and it was a leap of faith for me to give 10 bucks, guys. 20 bucks. To pledge 20 bucks was like, I might not be able to buy lunch tomorrow. You know, but I, I will read the word, and I will hear, and I will hear preachings of uh, prosperity and what God wants us to sow. And I said, God, I want that. So I made a challenge of myself, and I want to challenge you on doing it too. I said, God, anytime that I have to think about it twice, when you, when you put a number in my head, if it, at the time it was like 20, 30 bucks, if it's 30 bucks and I think about it, I'm going to give 60. I want us to do my flesh. I want to have control over my flesh. If you want me to give 100 and I think about it, I give 200. And you know what? I didn't like that commitment I made with myself, but I couldn't break it. Three months, three months fast forward, six months fast forward, oh, I was giving right away, generously. <laughs> I became a generous giver right away. Now... Denise and I have an amazing marriage. We have health, beautiful children. We have finances now. It's awesome. But I want to take you back a little bit in our trajectory as um, in our marriage, where God took us from and where we're at now. We went from being a dysfunctional to a winning, healthy relationship that now is able to disciple others to live the life they want to live, their dreams. Uh, we took AH from my dad's office, a 30-square-foot office where my desk barely fit, to a executive office in Mission Valley. And now we're in the process of buying the building that is about 250,000 square feet. So from 30,000 to 250,000 square feet. The, um, the company started making about $30,000 in gross revenue, and now we're making millions in revenue every year. You know, and just lately, as uh, Marco just mentioned, we went from, um, well, AH Construction was able to cut the schedule on the building of a 30,000-square-foot commercial building from two years to 11 months that we now call Awaken East Campus. Yeah. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. But then also, we went from a 2,500-square-foot home in a not-so-good neighborhood back then, southeast San Diego, 
to a beautiful 6,500 estate in Bonita. Probably one of the best in the zip code. Now, all those wins have amazing God stories behind it. Every single one of them. And like Maddie said, great preaching, guys, Maddie and Jay. But like you said it, Matt, there's a lot behind those stories that we got to step up. And mostly is in the giving. So all those wins have God stories. And, and if I was to go into every single one of them, it would take a long time, but I want to share two of them with you. The first one is when we purchase our home, we go, we look at the home, we like it. It was vandalized. They had no windows. It was um, not, not, not fully developed. It was like halfway done. And it was a pretty big number for us, like a million one, a million two, something like that. And we went in there, we anointed it with oil, we prayed, Denise and I. And at that moment, without even having it under contract, we made a pledge with God, a commitment of giving 10% of the acquisition price. Not the down payment, no. We thought we were going to finance it. At the time, we pledged 10% of the total price of the home and 10% of the construction cost to build it. So we start giving that. We start giving that. We got it under contract, but we lost it. Somebody else took it. Then they lost it. The bank took it. Two years later, we're still giving. The bank calls us and gives us our home back. So there was some sewing there. Our, our company, to take it to where it is now, and it's all subjective, right? But we feel like we've done a lot for ourselves. But it wasn't easy. It was not easy. I remember starting the company, and I remember times when we probably couldn't meet payroll. And God is showing up within the last hour of me paying the guys. Where I was literally in the bathroom crying, saying, God, I cannot do this. I will pay them. I will go and I will impound my vehicles. But I will not, like, not pay my guys. But also, we gave big. We pledged big to God in our company. And I feel that our competitive advantage as a business uh, man, as a company, is that we pledge violently, that we give aggressively. And if we go into the word of God, like where do I get that from? If you remember the story of Jacob when he fought the angel of God, and he said, I will not let you go until you bless me. And he fought him and he fought him. And that day, he fought that angel of God and he received his blessing, but also received his name of Israel. And so many people benefited from it, right? And we go to Malachi 3.10 when the Lord says, bring, test me on this, bring your tithes to the storehouse and see if I know, if I not, open the gates of heaven. No, it doesn't say that. It says, if I not, throw open the gates of heaven, right? Another violent, aggressive act that sends blessing towards you. Then if, if, we, um, if we continue and we think about so many men, but like just Joshua and Caleb, they impressed me so much. I love reading their story. God says, there's promised land, go get it. They send the scouts, but both of them come back with good news. And they say, hey, guys, we're not just gonna take them over. We're gonna go out there and we're gonna devour them. And they bring the blessing to Israel of promised land that we're enjoying ourselves. So the title of my message, Predestined to be Rich, I feel that every single one of you was predestined to be rich. As a matter of fact, if you live in the, in, in the U.S., you are in the top 10% of the wealthiest people on earth. But now, Proverbs 22:7 says, the rich will rule over the poor 
and the borrower will be a servant of the lender. The borrower will be a servant of the lender. Our God, Jesus Christ, will never, ever, ever agree for any of you to be a servant of anybody else than Him. And if that is the case, your position is not in the borrower. Your position is you're the rich lady, you're the rich guy, right? That's the true gospel. Now in the business world, if you want something you never had, I'm sorry, in the business world, if you're not willing to do more than what you're being paid to do, you will never be paid more for what you're doing. Giving is one of the laws of God. If you give generously and receive graciously, you'll be blessed. You see, if you have to think before you give, you're trading, you're not giving. You gotta subdue the flesh so you give unconditionally without thinking, where it doesn't bother you. You give it with joy and laughter, right? You enjoy giving. If you want something you never had, let's sow something you never sown before today. Thank you, thank you. You see, I feel that God wants every single one of you to win and win and win big. God wants you to have influence. And the reason for that is because when you're winning, people listen. And it's an open opportunity for you to share Matthew 28 and share the gospel and make disciples, right? Now I have a good friend that was atheist. Now he believes in God, Frankie. Doesn't come to this church, but he believes in God. And he said, Chris, we used to play racquetball together. He said, Chris, explain to me something. How can you give from your bank account, subtract from your bank account, and believe that you're going to have more? It makes no sense mathematically. And I said, Frankie, that's because you're thinking of adding and subtracting. God is in the business of multiplication. That's right. Now, I believe so much that the visions that God has instilled in you the dreams are not there as a, uh, you know, because God just wanted to give them to you to like not do anything with it. I feel that the reason you have them is because God wants you to make them a reality. Like Joshua and Caleb could have just stayed there and said, hey, that sounds pretty crazy. You know, I'm pretty comfortable over here on this side of the Jordan. But no, they stepped up and they conquered it. It was given to them, but they had to step up and level up and go devour them like they say they would, right? Now vision, Pastor Collins says, and I love this, vision without action builds frustration. So I want to ask you today to take action. I feel that action is a way of worship to God. Action is evidence that you have faith. Action is to believe that you are in a mission for God. Action is to know that God is behind you, with your family, all over you. So I want to challenge you. I want you to please close your eyes where you're at now. And I want, you to, I want you to envision this. I want you to envision your living room with your children, your loved ones. And I want, to, I want you to envision you taking out your phone and opening up the Awaken app. And you're, you're giving your tithe. And your whole family participates in it. You guys pray about it. And you start building a legacy and showing your children how much you tithe and you show them how much you make. But then I also want you to envision you pressing that tab that says Vision Builders and telling your children that tithing was just returning. It was not being generous. The giving is being generous. 
division builders as being generous son or daughter, right? I want you to envision, I want you to envision that. And I have, I feel in my heart that there's people here today, like Madalie said, they feel like, hey, I don't have that God story. Hey, I'm, I'm working for someone right now and I feel stuck. I feel like I hit a plateau, a ceiling, I can't break it. Or maybe you're that person that says, hey, when am I gonna get my home God story? Well, I wanna pray for you in a minute. But before that, I wanna ask, if there's somebody here that has never stepped up and accepted God as his savior, I want you to raise your hand. I want you to raise your hand on three. One, two, three. Raise your hand. Thank you. Thank you. There's gotta be somebody else. If you never met God, the Alpha, the Omega, the provider, the one who created the world as he spoke, everything that you see he created, if you had not met him yet, raise your hand. Okay, so why don't we all get up on our feet and we all say this prayer together. Dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner and I ask for forgiveness. I believe you died on that cross and you're resurrected. And through that process, you saved me. I turn from my sins and I invite you in my heart Come into my heart, God. I want to trust you and follow you, and I accept you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Now stay, stay standing up, because I, I still want to open it up. If you're that person that feels that, I don't have my God story yet of my house, or I feel stuck, you know, we just, we just, we just heard it from God. You cannot get paid more doing the same thing that you're doing. If you want to get a different outcome, you got to do something different that you had, you've never done before. So, everyone with your eyes closed, please. I want you to raise your hand if you're that person. I want to pray for you. Right where you're at, I want to pray for you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I knew it. Thank you. 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 Now I'm I'm gonna ask the ministry team to come to the front and our pastors are gonna come up right now and close the service. But I want you to get prayed for. So if you raise your hand, why don't you start coming to the front? Please start walking to the front. And somebody's gonna pray with you and believe with you. And I wanna say a prayer as they start praying for you. If you're in your seat, please close your eyes. Raise your hands towards whoever's coming to the front and just start prophesying over them. Father, I thank you. I thank you, Father, for the Lord, the, the God that you are, that you are the God Almighty. Nothing is impossible. We cannot outgive you, Father. God, I pray for every single person that stepped up. They have a heart, the disposition of giving something they've never given before, Father and they're believing. It might be they want to break a ceiling at work. Maybe they want to take their business to the next level. Maybe they want to buy that home and be the next tithe message, next God story. 
I pray, Father, that as you have blessed many of us with a home, that you bless them. And I see you guys, as you guys pledge, and you pledge something that is big to you, something that hurts, I see giving you that victory. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.